Hey guys, just wanted to drop some knowledge on y'all. A new uh, front of the podcast, Dewan O'Neill, has dropped his first novelization, Dear Dominic, A Roadmap to His Son, on Amazon. Grab your copy today. Hey, what's good, everybody? It's me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, and you're listening to a brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, Terrific Trav and Rebellious D. How you fellas doing today? (laughs) Ready to rock. That's right. Hey, I'm ready to rock, too. Guys, it's been fun. The Great Turkey War is over. And uh, I'm just happy that we survived it. I'm happy that we're about to go into December with the great gingerbread war that is going to be approaching us soon. I like that. And uh, I just want to ask you guys. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. I'm the only one that don't have kids. So it's like, I I know uh, Trav and D. Got it. Y'all going to, Trav and D, (laughs) y'all going to be out there like uh, trying to get Turbo Man for the holiday. I am Turbo Man. (laughs) We ain't got to do that no more. We got Amazon now. Hey, but it makes sense because, you know, D does what he does. I know, I knew something was going to be said without right being said. <laughs> I know, without it being said, D does what he does. What is that, a black lightning? What is that supposed to mean? D's going to be Take like, D's going to be like, I got to get that tour for my kids. They've been That's asking right. for it all year. Oh, God. Was that a low-key uh, Sinbad reference? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Take it, guys. Hey, try D. D gonna show up in the Best Buy. He gonna have the box. <laughs> it's gonna be like it's gonna have a bomb. In it. Oh man! And then the cop gonna pick it up. He gonna be like, "There's no bomb in here. It is gonna right. explode." <laughs> but no, um, make it easy. <laughs> but no, but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. We have a very fun episode for you guys. It is what an incredible person. The voice actor, Ryan Cole Levy. And, uh, you know, he is a rising star in the voice acting game. He has been in some big stuff so far. You know, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure being one of my favorites. And right now he is in My Hero Academia, World Heroes Mission, which is the highest grossing My Hero Academia movie of all time. So let's go ahead and give him a call. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsors. That's right. We want to thank Golden Ink Tattoo for always sponsoring the podcast. You can find them at 3109 Airline Boulevard in Portsmouth, Virginia. You can give them a call at 757-465-1010 and book an appointment with Denise, Kitty, Jay, or their brand new tattoo artist, Kane. Spelled like Kanye. Also, mentioning up leveling up banks will get you a 10% discount off your tattoo. So make sure you mention up leveling up banks to get 10% off your tattoo. So, Ryan, again, I just want to say thank you. And you know, I, I love oh, it when we you. have people. Oh, you're welcome. I love it when we have people that come up here that you know have like the three syllables like Ryan Cole Levy. We had Montreal. <laughs> Piper up here. Trav, who are some of the other people we didn't have where it's just like, you got to say the full name like a uh, Robert Paul Allen Mukes. Um, Robert Allen Mukes. You said Christopher Dontrell Piper, right? Yeah, Christopher Dontrell Piper. I don't know. I then we had, we had another one recently. I can't think of it. Was it a girl? I feel like we did have a female that uh, I had. Imagine. 
And I can't remember her name. I feel like it, yeah, it's, we have so it's many... a few and far between thing to, to like roll with the three names. Roll so with I the three. Like, I got to do it. You got to. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, but Ryan, you know, something that I always ask all of our guests that we have that come up here on the podcast is what is your origin story? Every hero or villain has one. So tell everybody who Ryan Cole Levy is. Oh man. I mean, how deep do we want to go? You know, hey, hey go back to how when you were raised by wolves, man. Let's deep in <laughs> mm-hmm. Aha. Um, well, you know, the the long and short of it is uh, as another plane flies over, it's a busy, it's a busy night for, mm-hmm. for the airport. Um, <laughs> good for them. I guess I hope they're going somewhere nice. Uh, I was born and raised, uh, in New York. I was born in, in Manhattan and, um, yeah, I was, I was really fortunate to be raised in an incredibly loving and supportive and goofy and very kind of bohemian family that, um, even though my, my parents and nobody even by extension in my family was in the arts, um, everybody was a massive appreciator of the arts. You know, everybody loved film, loved music, loved theater and uh, comedy, you know, all the things, art, you know, painting, we'd go to museums and, you know, whether it was my grandmother who like was a singer, but never pursued it. My other grandmother, my other side wanted to be an actress and never pursued it. My mom, uh, you know, was an actress in college. Um, my dad was like kind of always going out to different, like, you know, rock shows and stuff, you know, when he was a kid and it's like, there was this element of, um, creativity constantly embraced in our house. And, and it was this weird thing at a very young age, it was obvious that I was just a total, you know, fiend for this stuff. So my dad actually, and my mom and my dad both showed me, um, a lot of like short film and uh, black and white films and like anything at a young age. And I just kind of got addicted. Um, Charlie Chaplin, like things that you wouldn't show a kid normally, yeah. you know, like as an infant, you know, and I was just hooked and they were like, huh, okay. So they just kind of nurtured that. And it was this like steady diet of, I mean, you know, they wanted me to go outside and play and be educated as well. But part of that was, old films. We'd have family nights watching movies all the time. I was playing Nintendo all the time. You know, my little sister was next to me kind of watching me do all the jumps in Mario and trying to figure it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we were just always embracing it. My mom would soak me like she'd like, we'd go to the fabric store and she would just buy like, you know, a sheet of whatever color fabric and that and some Velcro. And it's like suddenly you're Robin or Batman or whoever you want to be. And we had a drawer in my den that was like under the TV that I would open up that was literally just full of capes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was that kid who like, I'd, you know, go to school, preschool, kindergarten, on. whatever, like as a character, you know, mm-hmm. like full on, I would just be Peter Parker for the day or something. And to the point where the teachers were like concerned, uh, <laughs> you know, and it was just this weird thing that I was just always obsessed with. But uh, funny enough, I didn't necessarily know that I could have a career as an actor because even though... I was obsessed with it and like pursued it in this to a, to an extent. I made films with friends in high school. I did theater like crazy. I trained in in uh, in acting classes in in New York City. You know, when I was sixteen, seventeen, like a, you know, as a teen. And at the same time, I was like 
there's nobody who looks like me in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. I was like, nobody who looks like this is really getting work in film the way that like, you know, we ideally would like to. And I was like, yeah. I don't, I don't think that this is realistic. And at the same time, you know, by the time I was 12, I picked up a guitar and I was already like, oh, what's this other thing that I'm suddenly in love with? And by the time I was 14, I was like pretty serious with bands that I was in, like already playing shows on the weekends or tours, or like, you know, cutting records, like out of our own pocket, you know, like really like doing it. And um, it became this kind of realization of, oh, this is something I can just do. It's like A plus B equals C. Like me and my friends can write a song. We can make the thing happen. We can figure out a way to get it recorded. We can make shows happen. We can, like, it's all tangible. Mm -hmm. Whereas film and acting or anything, especially being in New York and then being Middle Eastern and all these things, it was like, none of that. I don't see any way to even figure out how to navigate that. So I kind of like put acting away like as far as a realistic career. And for basically 20 years, I went for it as a musician, singing and playing guitar and songwriting in, in different versions of more or less the same band with different people. Like mm. my, my best friend and bass player, uh, whose name is Derek, he, he's literally been in every version of a band with me since we were 14, <laughs> you know, and like was our like manager. He was like the business guy, the email guy. Like he was the one like dealing with all the really, you know, intense, horrible stuff while I would get to write the songs. And that was the trade-off. But <laughs> uh, yeah, truly like this extraordinary, crazy team of, of psychos. And we tried, but, you know, it's so hard to to succeed in anything creative. And we were always working other jobs and, you know, kind of just constantly struggling financially, even if we played cool shows or would get little bits of notoriety or cool radio play, like we'd get really awesome opportunities and moments. But the band never quite had like a real like, hey, we're actually doing this. Like we're going to be able to succeed or we can like make money off this. We were always like hemorrhaging money. Mm -hmm. So it was unfortunately like a constant state of stress because it was also that thing of like, there's that. So I'm going to plug my computer in while I'm. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's that constant state of, um, at least for us in that moment. And for me, especially of like, wanting to be true to how you feel in your heart and creatively making something that feels genuine and also being like, well, I would like to make a living off of this. And I would like that, you know, my bandmates with me just struggling and on this grind with me for them to like, see that it was worth it kind of thing, you know? So it was that catch 22 and you never quite know what people want. So it's, it was really hard. And we, we actually moved out to Los Angeles from New York together six years ago uh, we drove out in like less than a week. We we just packed our van together, threw all of our stuff in, and we're like, we're doing it. And we for for like two and a half years, we we did what we could out here, you know, and played some really cool shows, got some again, some cool radio plays, some really fun opportunities. But it just was really evident that like, you know, we weren't quite finding our way of, of, you know, really making a name for ourselves in a way that, that could, you know, like really help us survive as a band, you know, other than like, we were still doing all these other jobs and it felt very much like we were working to survive so that we could be in a band versus what you really want, you know? So 
I was working two jobs at a time, you know, doing all the crazy things and stressed out of my mind. We were all stressed and overworked. And, you know, it gets to that point where you, you, you don't like, you're not, you don't even realize you're not even like happy doing the thing that you thought you loved, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like so far into it that you're just, you're just consumed by the process and you're not even enjoying it anymore. And like, I was miserable with my work situation. I was really kind of in like, like subconsciously, I was really depressed, but I was very much like still how I always am and just trying to do the thing. Um, and it was this really surreal thing where randomly one week uh, in, in 2018, my the job that I was working laid off our entire department. Wow. And we were like, all of us, just like before lunch on a Friday, they're like, yeah, you guys don't have a job anymore. Sorry. Uh, unemployment, you know, we're like, uh. and in that same week, my band broke up and it was the first time since I was 14 years old, you know, cut to now I'm, I was 31 or something at the time, you know, kind of being like, okay, this is the first time in my life. This is the most clean slate ever. And it was an instantaneous thing of like, well, I'm supposed to be acting, I guess, after all. And it was this really bizarre, like, cause that's insane, right? To be like, oh, my backup plan is even crazier, you know? Cause I was like, yeah, have a, have a safety net. And I was never the person who had one, you know? And, and it was just so funny to me that like, it was like the natural response was like the even more insane leap of faith. And uh, even my bandmates, it was funny. We were like, we had the like, the breakup dinner and they were like, you know, cause we're still best friends, you know, like we right, live yeah. very, all very close. We love each other. Like we still all support, if anything, our lives are better with each other now cause we can support each other in our different successes and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get to. Uh, I told you this was a journey. Um, hey, no, it's, a it. journey. <laughs> it's a fun journey. It's a fun journey, man. I can't wait Every to get to the end of it. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Um, so we, yeah, so we're, we're having this, this breakup dinner and basically they're like, so what are you going to do? Cause, cause more than anything, they were just like worried about me. They were just concerned for my well being Cause they were both like, they were more responsible. They were in relationships. Like, you know, I was always the one who was like the chaos agent, you know, they were like, you know, the one who was always way more broke than everybody else, way more like, just kind of like, you know, I always joke, I'm like the feral cat, like the alley cat you find with like the chewed up ear. Um, my top cat. Yeah, exactly. So they were always, you know, they were always like lovingly, like, you know, concerned for my well-being. And they were like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, I guess I'm, I'm supposed to be acting. And they were like, well, yeah, obviously, but what are you going to do for money? Like, what are you going to do for work? You know? And I was like, I don't think I ever want to work a regular job again. I don't think I, I don't think my soul will let me. Like it was such a breaking point that I was like, this is it. This is the, like, I've been unleashed and this is my only real chance to like completely break free. And I, I was like, I've got very little saved up if anything. And unemployment is going to be like real scraping by for a few months. But I was like, I'm just going to make all of that work and commit completely to like already decide that I like, I'm going to live as if I'm working full-time as an actor. I'm going to spend all of my time, whether it's taking acting classes, getting all the necessary things, I headshots, all the things I spent all the money that I didn't have on things, you know, while I was like, you know, basically like eating like almonds to get by through the week, you know? Um, 
And I was just kind of like, I will, I'll start taking acting classes again. I'll get headshots. I'll do this. I'll, I'll sign up on all the different websites. I was auditioning every day. I, I would make like hour long blocks. Like I would treat it like a work day where I would go on the different casting websites and like click through sub- submissions and like look up different things. And at this time I was still thinking theater and on camera. I wasn't even necessarily focused on voiceover. I was just like survive, you know? Um, so I was doing a bunch of like extra work. Um, and at the time I actually had a car. So it was like, you would just randomly get these emails and it would be like 150 bucks for like a 15 hour work day. They'd be like, drive, you know, 45 minutes, you know, into downtown, like park in this, whatever parking structure. And then you just be like a random extra to use for like a, you know, whatever Mazda commercial or something, you know, like you just do these random things. And it was like, all right, I can make this work if I can figure out how to get this, you know, and I can learn on the job. And I, you know, any kind of downtime I had, I was like, I can study the plays that I'm doing in scene study class while I'm waiting to shoot on the commercial, whatever. Like I, I was just trying to use all of my time. And I was like refreshing my love and my passion for the craft. Like I was just constantly just like falling in love with it again. And like, you know, even though if I was an extra on a movie set or whatever, it was like, I was using any of that time to like soak up like the knowledge I could mm-hmm. get, the experience, whatever. Cause who cares if I'm just the, you know, 500th guy in some background of a club scene, like I have a chance to learn, you know? Mm-hmm. So now a uh, quick question. Sure. Now when you, when you were doing the extra work, did you use that time to network with people as well? No, I've never been a kind of person who like, thinks like that, you know, for me, it was way more about, especially because like, you're not in a position where anybody, nobody wants to talk to you and you're an extra, like, like Mm. they just want you to, they want you to not talk uh, like at all, even during the shots, especially like they just, they want, they want you to literally just be like a mannequin that they can like use and place when they need, where they need. And the rest of the time, they just want you in like the cattle call room, like they out of sight, out of mind. Like they just want to deal with you as little as possible, mm. you know, cause a film set is there's so many people with so many jobs with so much responsibility. It's like, it's, it's insane. So understandably. So it's like, they, they don't need you being, you know, they don't need you doing anything. The second you're like talking to them, you're like a nuisance more than yeah, anything yeah. else, you know? Mm-hmm. So like for me, it was like my best version of the job is stay silent, get out of their way, be prepared, learn everything. Like kind of like, like find answers to the questions I would ask by just being aware. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was like doing all of those kinds of things because I just, I've been on the other side of production for things and, or I just have friends who've worked in, you know, other things and like, and I understand what's annoying to people. Right. I've worked right. in food service for years. Like I know how to, I knew how to like, I knew under, uh, how to understand people's energy. So like, and respect yeah. their space and all that stuff. And like, you know, a, these are big sets with lots of money and stuff behind them. And, you know, everybody's got crazy schedules and stuff. So it's like, even when you're number one on the call sheet, like it's not about you, you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's about the production. Um, so it's very much this kind of thing where like, I just was constantly learning and I was really lucky just to like be able to get any opportunities at all. Um, and then cut to, I, I basically accidentally got a voiceover gig kind of like among all this stuff through uh, Actors Access, which is like a, a website that you can use to, uh, find casting resources and stuff like that. And it was just like, like two lines, you know, for an audition, mm-hmm. very nondescript thing. And I, I send it in and then like 
didn't think anything of it. And two weeks later, they, they're like, you booked it. And I was like, really? And <laughs> so, cause it just, it just seems so like shot in the dark, you know, right, like, yeah. and um, I didn't even know what it was for. So I go and it was at a, uh, a home studio, like here in Pasadena. So I was like, okay, cool. And um, so I go and I'm waiting outside to get let into this dude's uh, studio. And like the other guy who's like there to help set up with the thing rolls up with like this like briefcase that he's rolling up, like a, like a flight case kind of thing. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, uh, this is the, uh, this is the head rig. And I was like, what? I thought this was a voiceover job. He was like, oh, they didn't tell you that we're doing like facial capture and all this stuff. I was like, what's happening? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, it turned out it was this whole big thing that ended up being a bunch of sessions and it paid really well. And it was this wild experience where it actually, the actual job is never going to like see the light of day. So I don't know what I'm allowed to say, but I can vaguely say that it was like, it was basically like a mascot for a really big uh, music artist tour. And it was like this interactive creature that would like sing and like talk to you while you were like at the tour, like to the crowd and stuff like that. And it was this really wild, surreal job. And it was super fun and crazy. And like half of it was done like in this closet in the studio where I was like soaking wet with sweat, like trying to like see things. Like it was, it was insane. Um, And that kind of like instantly, I was like, ooh, I really like this. Like this is, and and I was like, what what have I been doing this whole time? I adore video games. I adore anime. I love animation. Like I've, uh, this is my world. Like, why didn't I not think about pursuing this? And suddenly that made me want to hone in on voiceover. So I started kind of just putting out feelers of like, I, I, one, I realized that I actually lived very close to a lot of the local recording studios. So I would literally walk by these places and I was like, oh my God, they're all right here. Like, this mm. is not out of, like, even out of reach. Like, right. so I looked into them and I looked into what places either took open submissions or how to reach out to these places. Cause you can't just, you know, you have to be smart about how you reach out to people yeah. because you can't, again, respecting their time and all this stuff. So I did way more, so much of the time was research and, you know, before you do anything. And um, I also didn't have a reel at the time, which, you know, for more than anything, I was like, if I don't have a bunch of work to speak for to like utilize, I need something to send out that is at least substantial enough to like show a little bit of what I can offer, Mm -hmm. if anything, to these people. So this interesting thing happened where cut back to my acting classes that I was taking and a friend of mine in the classes one day is like, hey, I'm doing this short film and you would be great for the other lead part. Like, would you be up for that? And I was like, oh my God, that'd be so much fun. Are you kidding me? Sure. And that short film was actually, and it was an on-camera thing. Um, And it was directed by David Sobolov, who is a phenomenal, legendary voice actor who, I mean, Gorilla Grodd on The Flash, uh, Mm. Lobo in in, uh, DC animated stuff, a bunch of Transformers things. Like, he's he's a legend, yeah. And one of the sweetest humans ever. And he's old school, like, old school method actor, theater actor, film actor. Like, he really, you know, he knows his stuff and has really serious chops and really, like, takes it, you know the craft really passionately. Right. And we basically over like a few weekends did this crash course 
thing where we shot this film and we became really close friends. And he was like, you're really good at this. Do you do voiceover? And I was like, I need a reel. And he was like, I produce reels. Let me, mm. let me like, you know, hook you up. So he helped me out and um, we made this reel. And, and once I had that, I was like, okay, I have this and some measly credits, you know, I'm just going to reach out to these studios blindly. And I was like, I'll send them emails. I'll send them this and not expect anything. And kind of was like, you know, hi, I'm, you know, you obviously don't know me. Like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm here in LA. I'm an actor, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm a musician, X, Y, Z, like, here's my reel, blah, blah, blah. I would love to, if you're, you know, open to new people for auditions, whatever, blah, 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 you know, and kind of sent out a few different emails and was like, okay, I'm never going to hear from any of these places and uh, went about my day. And then a week later, two weeks later, a month later, like all of them started reaching out. And it was mm. just this really wild thing where like some immediately just cast me, like some were just sent, like Final Fantasy remake came out of that. Mm -hmm. I literally just I... got an email back one day uh, from, from the casting director at that studio. And she was like, Hey, would you, um, would you be up for doing this project? And at the time I was, I was non-union. So she's like, you'd have to sign this Taft Hartley and blah, blah, blah. Like, would you be, and I'm just like, <laughs> like, and I didn't even know what it was until I actually got recording. So that was a whole other, like, yeah, that's what I was about explosion. to ask you. Oh yeah. yeah. I had no idea. And I walk in the room and they're like, we're just like, you know, you're making nice, you know, to meeting all these new people for the first time, engineer and director. And like, hi, this is going to be fun. Cool. And like, they like set you up and they set up the monitor and they're like, cool, we're just going to go on the other side. Like, we'll, we'll, you know, check in with you in a second. And like I put on the headphones and I'm chill. And then I see, uh, you know, there's like a couple of lines of dialogue that I see. So I see like the name Cloud and I see all these things and I'm like, <laughs> and I it almost, I, it was almost a moment where like I looked at it like, do you guys know what this is? Kind of dumb, like, you know, like it was so wild. And, um, and it's kind of continued to just be that surreal ever since, like beautifully so. And yeah, I mean, people have just given me opportunities and, and, I've been forever grateful because really like none of them had to give me a shot. And that was, that, that really gave me everything. Right. Yeah. Hey, that's an awesome origin. Story. <laughs> I think, I that's think the that's longest the longest one. one. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it is the longest breaker. one. Yeah. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. but yeah, Ryan, like that's awesome, man. And it's incredible. Like the journey that you had from, you know, when you started off with your friends in New York and then you ended up traveling to California and, you know, I know we've had guests up here before where it's just like, you know, they told a similar story. It's just like, you know, they were in their home state and mm -hmm. it's just like they wanted to do more. And then they ended up like some voice actors, they ended up going to Texas and some they ended up going to L.A. And after that, like the rest is history. So Pinky's up to you for, <laughs> you know, not giving up on Thank what you. you wanted to do. Like you said, you are an actor and then you put it in your back pocket. But it's just like you always had that there. You know what I'm saying? And right. that's one of those things in life where it's just like you you may pick up like a small skill or something. And then you might think that I uh, like I'm never going to have to use this or it's not that important. And then, you know, years down the road, you just like, hey, like I can actually do this. Uh, a spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't watched Squid Game. But <laughs> it's, uh, Ryan, have you watched Squid Game? Because I just want to make sure. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm actually, uh, a couple of the mass dudes in the dub. Oh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, so look, he already knows what's going on, but I was going to bring up the part where it was like towards the end where the one guy, he had a skill 
that he was like a, a glass mask. Right, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And they was just like, we didn't know that he could do this. So it's just like, you never know. But unfortunately, that guy died. Spoiler alert. But, um, well, you know, it's just... Oh, no, 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 no. I, I think, I mean, you're, you're so right. I think what's interesting about it, what's even more interesting about it is it's almost a reverse thing because it's what you're saying, but in a weird way where being a musician for years and mm-hmm. being a singer and recording in studios and understanding all of that stuff mm-hmm. actually was the secret weapon to me understanding and being more comfortable as a voice actor specifically, mm-hmm. because it's so much of the like being in a studio, being in the boot, like all of that, that none of that is new to me. Like mm-hmm. that's my entire, that's been 20 years of my life mixed mm-hmm. with something that I was already passionate about. And I think what's, what, what really like is beautiful about it. And I think needed to happen. I don't think I could have been an actor when I was younger for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. yeah. but, but ultimately um, I needed to live a life a little bit more. I needed to have more experiences because I genuinely Feel, I feel this way about anybody. Some some people can be young and incredibly like gifted on a whole other level. Mm-hmm. But I think that in order to like really give genuine performances on any scale, it doesn't matter, even if it's totally wacky and goofy. I think that you have when you have something more to pull from in real life experiences, um there's you can understand things a little bit easier. You know, yeah. you can understand intent, you know, even if it's you know, a character scenario that you're never going to be in. Right. <laughs> you can still understand the the in-between of the, what that emotion is. If you can, you know, you can plug it to something else you've experienced and, and like, you know, channel it. And I think that like, I know for me emotionally, I've grown a lot throughout the years in ways that I can thankfully now put into the work that I wouldn't have been able to before. Yeah. Now, to piggyback off of what you just said, and this is somebody else that we had up here who had a a three-syllable name. That was Matthew David Rudd. Oh, my brother. Oh, so you know who he is. He's one of my best friends. See, and what I was going to say is because he was a musician. He still is. And that's one of the things that he said helped him when it came to getting into voice acting because, like, voice acting, recording, and then, like, recording in the studio when it comes to music, like knowing the blips and the cues and all that stuff. Timing, like it yeah. Com- it comes in handy. So it, it just goes hand in hand with what you're saying. It's just like you had that experience in music and it was able to help you when it came to getting behind the microphone because you already knew what you needed to do. Yeah, it was a secret weapon that I was like, oh, I didn't even know that like this would just work out this way. It was I was incredibly grateful because there was a lot of, you know, that can be a really big hurdle for people. That can be even even tough for like experienced screen actors who then transition into maybe they get a voice role and it's like, this is a space that they're not used to performing in and you have to understand the parameters and, and like understanding what it's going to be like from the other side of it after the fact. You know, being, I think also in a weird way, being a fan of this stuff actually does help, you know, so long as you can separate being a fan and the work, uh-huh. but I think understanding it from a perspective of like, you know, I, I've never stopped playing games. I've never stopped watching this stuff. So like one, I'm constantly getting inspired by my peers work and other people's work. And mm-hmm. two, you're, you're able to see on the other side, like what, like how it's interpreted when someone delivers a line a certain way in a certain environment, like, oh, that comes out like this, you know, like, mm-hmm. and oh, this is interpreted this way. The way I take this in this way, like, so that I know if I'm in the booth and I have to do fighting efforts or whatever, like, 
I know in my mind, like what that needs to sound like theoretically and how I can also interpret it in my own way. And like, you know, it's like you understand, you know, different things. If you're performing yeah. something as a play versus a film versus doing it as an audio book versus doing it as a video, like you can take the same project and do it in all these different formats and you'd have to execute those performances differently. Right. Yeah. So, I was going to, Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you oh, no, no, no. I was just going to piggyback off what he was saying. Go ahead. Just go mention ahead, that <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same thing. Like with me and wrestling where it's just like, I'm a wrestler, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, I still enjoy watching it. And it's just like, honestly, like you hear stories where it's just like some wrestlers, it's like they don't watch wrestling at all because it's just like all they want to do is just wrestle. But I feel like how you just said, it's just like you still need to watch stuff. You still need to read stuff because it's just like you might watch somebody wrestle and be like, hey, I do that move. And this is what I'm doing wrong because I watch this guy. Now I can do it right. So, oh, yeah, I 100 percent agree with you on that, where it's just like you should never. Uh, you should never stop learning your craft so that way you can keep on working on it. Now, D, Absolutely. go ahead and take the floor because I see you over there smiling a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ryan, I wanted to ask, this is something I recently started asking with uh, a couple of our guests recently. Sure. But do you, with getting and finding your way back to voice acting, if you will, um, do you have any sort of celebrations or when you when you realize that you get these, these roles, these dream roles, some of them, you know, um, is there anything you do to celebrate? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's really interesting because like I'm going to be 35 in February. Mm-hmm. Um most of my life I haven't really had cause to celebrate. I've wanted to celebrate, you know. Um I've I've been celebratory of whatever blessings I've had throughout my life, but right. you know, like I said, I've always been, I've always kind of struggled through stuff and um finally hitting this point of something that I love and getting to not only do this job that I like, uh, what I was going to say immediately is like literally every job is a dream role. Even the ones where it's like a no name guy that says two lines and a thing you'll never hear of. Like it's a dream, like compared to the life I had before this, this is a literal dream. Um, So there's constant gratitude. And there's this thing of like, before I was even booking, even when I would go to auditions, I, I created this ritual, even before I was, you know, when I didn't have the money, you know, and I'm not, you know, doing well, you know, like, you know, crazy, but I mean, like, yeah. I'm, I'm finally, you know, living remotely comfortably off of something I love. And I'm like, oh my God, this is weird. But, um, you know, at the time, even when I wasn't, I would do this thing where if I, I would go to an audition, cause this was still the before times I'd go out to auditions and, um, whatever it was for, I would kind of shake it off. I'd like go to a local coffee shop or something. I would like treat myself to like a thing. Cause I'd be like, mm-hmm. whatever you did the thing, who cares if you book it? Like, whatever, like you're on, you're, you're on the journey, you know, like it was more of that kind of thing. And I, then as I started to book things that I really cared about and all, like all these different ones, just booking period, I would start to celebrate and then booking things that I really cared about or getting to share it with certain friends. Like I would get, you know, maybe it's a celebratory dinner or, you know, it's very simple things. It's like, it's honestly, to me, what's funny about it is it's it's really just like, it's things that I always wanted to do. And just, you know, it's it's literally like treat friends to things, like take them out to, you know, dinner, go to a museum, do something like, it's a lot of like human right. connection stuff um, mm-hmm. that I just couldn't do before comfortably yeah. that now I can do. And like, to me, that's celebrating and getting to, uh, I mean, getting to commission fans for artwork, getting to do things that like, 
I never thought I would get to do that. To me, is a, a form of celebrating where I can share this experience with people and be proud of it. And like, you know, I've never, I've never been one to like in, in you know, enjoy like being like even when I was in a band, I was bad at promoting us, frankly, because. I had this struggle with ego where it was like, I don't want to come off egotistical, you know, but like, I want people to listen to our band and I love being a musician. And it was like, mm-hmm. it was so dumb. And yeah, I finally, well, I, you know, it was this weird catch 22. And I finally have come to realize like, I love this. I, I have no shame in being prideful about it. You know, like mm-hmm. people don't want to hang out in this space. They don't have to, you know, mm-hmm. I, I am grateful for those who who want to be here and, those who will have me in their space. And uh, yeah, it gets kind of constant gratitude. There's little treats like that. It's very goofy stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. I'll buy myself a video game I want to play. Like like simple stuff, you know. Yeah, and I can... I was going to say, I can I see like the... love the answer. Go ahead, Trav. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, go ahead, Trav. No, what I was saying this. was I can see the constant similarities that human interaction have and what i was really excited about when we we were going to get you on was the best part about this podcast is it's not an interview it's just like a conversation sit down and i knew that because i felt bad i took over in the beginning no because i knew oh no we love that i know because i knew once you came on we were going to talk about real things it wasn't going to be uh, Great my hero talk. Yeah, did you do this? Yeah, that uh, was fun. Yeah, I knew that, I knew <laughs> that we were going to have silence. Yeah. I yeah. knew that we were going to share our human experiences together. We're sharing a moment together. Uh, right. Yeah. Hey, cuz it's like Olive Garden, here your family. Right, your family. <laughs> do we get breadsticks? Do we get breadsticks? Do we get breadsticks? Hey, just uh, shoot me the address. I'll have my guy drop them off. <laughs> this is everyday, never-ending breadsticks. Like, <laughs> oh, serious? Yeah. When they were doing hot wings during COVID, they would like mail them the chicken wings or whatever. I don't know how they mailed them. But they were doing like I saw hot that. Wings. I remember seeing that. It yeah. can't be the same though. Like it's definitely the not wings the same. don't. So we know wings don't travel that well. First off, you know, unless they get Chicken. somebody to make them. Gotta there. be careful. That's Gotta also be careful they there. they might have that. But it, but I feel like it's already so many logistics. That is one of the best shows though. Like oh, talk so about good. also you know what you're what you're saying. What I love about that show is it Sean Evans. Is that the name of the host? Yeah, and he's incredible. He's incredible. He's a, he's the he's the reason. He's the only reason you watch the show. You don't watch it to see them sweat and eat chicken wings you watch it because he is a master of of conversation right Mm -hmm. and and it it like it is this human experience and it's this thing where he takes like the point of the wings is to take people that might normally be a little stiff or not and just take them kind of like off kilter out of their elements so he can have Mm -hmm. a more real experience with them i think that's the whole point and like we benefit and i think that's what makes it endearing you know it I've watched it where there are people that I didn't think I liked that suddenly I'm like, I don't even care if I, you know, I've seen any of your stuff or listen to your music or what I'm like, suddenly I support this person because mm-hmm. they've endeared cool. themselves to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they let their guards down. Absolutely. I know uh, me, me and D, we had just went to NecoCon and we interview cosplayers there at the con and everybody yeah. always says the same thing. It's just like, I've never been interviewed before. Like I'm shy. I'm nervous. And I always say, just follow my lead. That's all I say. And then it's just like, once I say that, and like, once they're done with the interview, like D, like tell them, they always hype. They couldn't believe that they just got interviewed. They, they It's it's true. I mean, I'm a living example of, uh, you know, hey, you can, te- you can trust me. I was there. 
I'm that guy. I love it, it happened. It was uh, it was wonderful, man. Um, just being able to touch people and let them know, you know, it's already an event to to show what you like and stuff like that. And just being able to make people feel even more comfortable, it's a good mm-hmm. feeling. So, yeah, that's beautiful. That's so I love that you do that. Yeah, oh, man. thank you. Yeah, yeah man, you know, I, I love to talk and I love hearing yeah. stories yes, he from people. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> well, well, and you're so smart because I think it is, I think you realize the biggest thing that, that gets people nervous is it's the camera. They think instantly mm-hmm. like they have to play to the camera or that it's like energy that they're supposed like they're supposed to do something else. And it's like, no, nah, man, just be here. Just be with me. Mm-hmm. Just be present. Mm-hmm. We're just hanging out, you know? And exactly. That once you can get, you know, so much of doing, I think, anything that we do creatively, especially whether it's on camera offer, it's like when you can find a state of comfort, you know, and it's okay to be uncomfortable too. There are times I like being uncomfortable doing this job because it challenges you, you know, but if you can find a state of comfort in the process, you can enjoy even the worst parts of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're all going to screw up. We're all going to have off days. We're all going to have things that don't work. Like none, nothing is ever ideally all the time perfect like even when you have the best thing in the world going your way but like the point is you will you know be able to adapt more happily and easily in those scenarios if you can find ease in what you do and and find an ease in your soul through the process yeah i 100 agree with you on that i mean it's one thing like i always tell everybody like not everybody but like the younger guys who are getting into wrestling it's just like it's always good to go before you go through that curtain to be nervous, because it's just like when you're not nervous, I feel like that's when you go out to the ring and then you end up messing up. Or, yes. You know, all this other stuff. I'm still nervous like, before every session. Exactly. Like, man, I've been wrestling down for, I want to say, eight or nine years. I was just like, going to ask wow. you that. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I always get nervous before I go out there because it's just like I have all these thoughts going in my head and whatnot. And it's just like you just want to make sure that you go out there and you give it your all. You give it your best. You want to make sure that you don't mess up. You don't hurt anybody because it's just like when you're out there, like yeah. that that person that you're in the ring with, it's just like that, their life is in your hands. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that's a really intense thing. That is that is something very different from my job. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever gone to a store and you wanted to get some nerd decor to decorate your home, but you couldn't find it? Maybe a Dragon Ball Z photo on the wall or a My Hair Academia pot to put your flowers in. Well, I have some good news. This is Benjamin Banks from the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks podcast. And I love to tell you about Nerdy Crafts by Tiny T. Tiny T, she specializes in creating nerd decor, paintings, floor arrangements, and seasonal nerd decor for the holiday season. You can check out all of her products on the links that we provide at the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks page. And if you use the code leveling up, you will get 10% off. So go ahead and head over to her website and use that 10% off code and decorate your home with any type of nerd decor that you would love to put in there. You can find her on Etsy.com slash shop slash nerdy crafts by Tiny T. And again, like I said, make sure that you use that code leveling up so that way you can get 10% off of your items. Go ahead and start decorating at home. Peace. No, but, uh, you know, Ryan, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, what was it like when you got your first anime recording voice gig? And what anime was that? Oh, man. Um, it was very exciting. I remember everything about it down to, like, like the session itself and, like, the first line and everything. Like, I remember all of it. Um, 
one, it wasn't that long ago. And two, uh, it's still something that I get to exist with. It's uh, Jazz from Welcome to Demon School. Nice. Wow. Yeah, he was he was the first role in anime I ever got. And um, it was early, I guess it was... No, at this point it was... Because I... It's crazy. The timeline is so crazy. I, I had my demo reel made in the summer of 2019. So mm-hmm. it had to be... It had to be late. I'm pretty sure it was like November, around November in 2019 when I ended up booking him and we started recording for Demon School. And uh, I want to say November 4th was my first session, which is crazy that I'm pretty sure that's the case. Uh, And I remember going into Bang Zoom and just being so excited and not knowing anything about jazz is like, like like how much he would be in the show. Like I genuinely thought he was just some character that had like two or three lines and that was it. And like, mm-hmm. it was like, Hey, welcome to like, you know, doing dub and stuff like, cool. Like, you know, maybe we'll see, you know, around town kid, you know? So, um, I get in there and, uh, Jalen Cassell was, was our director. It was my first time meeting him and, uh, instant, just like he, you know, talk about putting people at ease just instantly. I was so nervous, mm-hmm. you know, and he instantly put me at ease and was just pure joy. And I don't know if you guys have spoken with him before, but he is just the most like calm, beautiful, amazing presence. And he's so funny. And and like, so we we got in there and I was just like on cloud nine. And I remember like seeing that, like they played me the, you know, the preview scene. I was just, I, my face hurt from just beam. I was just, so, I must've looked so goofy and uh, <laughs> so funny. And I remember, you know, we did, because especially in the first season um, and in the first few episodes, like jazz shows up in episode four, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like with his first line. Uh, Cause he's technically like, you could see him in the first episode, but it's like in the crowd, you know? So he shows up in episode he four. He does a background like, character at that point. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and then he kind of like, he kind of like jumps around for the first few episodes, like little one-liners are like things here and there, but nothing much. So we did like four episodes or something like in one session pretty quickly. Cause it was just a couple of lines. And um, first line we ever did was, there he is, uh, was, uh, you know, when he, when he swipe, I don't know if you guys have seen the show, but like, you know, he basically like, you see him like walk past you demons that are having another conversation and like, he's got his hands in his pockets. You don't see him move at all. And then suddenly like, you realize that he's like swipe stuff off of them, you know, like, and it's a, it's just like this very goofy thing. And, you know, he just says, oh yeah, sorry, it's bad habit, you know? And it was this moment of like, oh, that's forever. The first thing I got, you know? <laughs> and, um, and so we finished the session and, you know, they weren't like, yeah, we're going to have you back for the next volume. Cause I don't even know they necessarily knew what, you know, what, what was going on in the next few episodes. Cause I think they were still getting them in batches and stuff. And the show was so new. Right. Um, so, and the show wasn't like, you know, especially then it wasn't like a super popular manga or anything yet. So it was like, nobody quite knew exactly what was going on with all the characters. So nobody was like, yeah, you're definitely going to be coming back soon. You know, they were like, yeah. all right, cool. That was great. Thanks so much for coming. And I was like, awesome. I, like, I was so overwhelmed that like, and I left and I was like, I guess that's the last anime I'll ever get to do. That was awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so thankfully that just kept continuing. And that, that was the beginning. Yeah. That's a hell of a beginning though. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love him, man. Because I love him. I love that show. That I was going to say, it's such a stacked cast. Dude, mm-hmm. that was the craziest part was like, there were so many layers of it being surreal to me. Cause it, it was like already people that I was like, I admire these people mm-hmm. like, you know, and one of the first people that 
like openly welcomed me in like an unnecessarily generous way was Kyle Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I I remember just kind of like hitting him up excitedly, just being like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm I'm so honored to get to work with you, dude. This is so cool. Like, you know, given like. I don't even know if our characters ever interact at this point. I blah blah blah. I was just like, I can't believe we're on the same show. This is wild. And he was like, Let's get dinner. And I was like, What? And yeah. he, we went and got sushi. And he was just mm-hmm. the sweetest human being ever. And and yeah, much love to Kyle Abe for stuff. Everybody. Um, hey, we had him up here on the podcast. He was our uh, was it our one hundredth episode? Amazing. Yeah, you know, you know what a gem he is. He's just yeah. the sweetest. Um, yeah, awesome guy. Just that. He's just that. And. Um, yeah, it was, I, and then I became, you know, it was that great thing of like me and Brandon, you know, became really good buddies because of that. And and me and Landon became really good buddies because of that. And Kira, and I mean, so many people on that show that like have become like family to me. And now that season two's happened, so many people that have since been my friends that have now gotten to join the show. Like it's been the gift that keeps on giving, man. I adore that show. Yeah. You know, uh, speaking of new seasons, I just saw that uh, Record of Ragnarok is getting a second season. Yeah. And that was something that I watched this year because I watched it after the hype died down, you know, because I know mm-hmm. people were hyping it up because of the one chick that had the two dudes holding their goods up. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I had finally checked it out and I was just like, man, like this anime is it's really good. And you voice Loki up there. So I don't know if you've heard that season two is coming out, but yeah. if you haven't, now that you know, because I just told you, is that something that you're looking forward to going back to work on? Because it's like, we only got like a brief snippet of Loki. You know what I'm saying? I but I, hopefully we get to see him in action in season two. Yeah, it's it's so crazy because I, you know, whenever we do this stuff, we have no idea. Like un- until they announce it, we're like, I hope there's going to be more. You know, the second it ends, we're always like, that was amazing. And it feels like it's like, that's the last time you're ever going to get to do a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, I was incredibly excited that it got announced. It's, it's that weird thing though, though, where now it's that other layer of like, until they tell us we're dubbing it, it's kind oh, yeah. of like, you don't are know. we dubbing yeah. it? You know, like, like <laughs> I'm hopeful we will. I'm pretty sure we should be getting to, but like, I don't, you know, like until it happens for sure, I don't know. But theoretically, I'm incredibly excited because like Loki definitely some some shit to stir up <laughs> yeah and it's and it's interesting because you know like that's a netflix anime and we always talk about how tv shows animes and movies it's like they'll have that one season on netflix and like how you say you get very excited because it was awesome and then netflix they don't renew it you know like there's a couple of anime that we watched uh one of them being the great pretender where it's just like, we get the ending that we get. And it's just like, well, are we going to get any more? Like what's, what's happening? You know what I'm saying? So I totally understand how you feel. The great pretender and uh, Doro Hidoro. Yeah. I haven't seen Doro yet. Oh my God. I've heard good stuff about it. It's incredible. I mean, it was probably my favorite thing on Netflix when it came out. Like it is so it is flawless it is so mm. good it is so good yeah you guys need to watch it. it i i've been waiting here like you kidding me how is there no second season yeah that, i mean that's what happened thanks put it on the list put it on the list i will I got, put it on the list. on the list i gotta say this and i'm not saying this because we in interview get a lot of voice actors on the pod but as a kid growing up 
I was so more partial to watching my anime subbed. And mm. I, I cannot tell you the last time I watched the sub anime. Because really? the dubbing is just so good now. Like mm. compared to 15 years ago when you know, oh, high school, yeah. high school anime nerd Trav, you know, sub, sub, subs. I can't tell you the last sub that I watched. It like if it's coming out, I'm just gonna watch it in dub. Oh well, wow. You know, it, it's interesting, like because I I've never been one who's like I've never been an elitist in either direction. Mm-hmm. Like, cause to me there's something to appreciate it. Like to me, it is just so different, right? Like it's right. something to experience either way. And like, it was so cool. I actually even getting to see, uh, because, you know, doing the movie specifically, like if we're doing a show and the show's already out when we get cast, like we could watch the show sub, right. you know, and, and when you're yeah. doing the scenes either way, like you can, you know, you're going to see performances and stuff, but like there's an ease to like, you could watch the show. So I like getting to do that. Um, but with the movie, I didn't get, you know, they didn't have, you know, a copy for me to watch. Like there wasn't a way to see it beforehand or anything. So yeah. I didn't get to see that subbed until after I had worked on it. And I got to go to the premiere of the sub as well. And it was so good. And it was so cool to see it after performing it all and like getting to see everyone else's interpretations, you know, and right. then seeing ours a week later and being able to like compare and contrast in ways that wasn't, you know, better or worse kind of thing. It was just like, it was so unique how they were interpreted. Mm. And um, I've just come to really enjoy sharing it like with other actors across the world. And, and I think what you're touching on ultimately is, you know, especially in the last 10 years, you know, 15 years, you know, really now the industry one want nobody wants to make something bad mm-hmm. right everybody yeah, yeah. you know like like regardless even then they didn't want to make something bad they, it was just less knowledge of what's going on less cultural understanding exactly mm-hmm. what it is less time less money less you know all the things now there's a lot more awareness and respect and we've all yep. grown up loving these cultures and these things so we're coming at it with all these different layers on top of being lovers of film and storytelling and mm-hmm. all these other things and like the people you know, voice directing these things and and ADR script adapting these things are also, you know, they're not just fans of this stuff. They're legitimate directors and writers and actors and theater people and, you know, people who are strong in their craft as a creative, forget about just, you know, doing that specific thing that they're doing. So everyone is collectively kind of leveled up and both on the fan side. Yeah, Uh, the, the fans also... You know, even me as someone who is watching this stuff, like I, I want to be affected by the performances. I love playing a video game and having it make me cry. I love mm-hmm. going to see an anime film and it making me cry. I mean, this this movie made me cry multiple times every time I see it. Like other people's performances, every time. Um, I love that. I, I love that. You know, and it, there's a reason why, like, like the, a huge reason why you have to watch Dora Hidoro is like the show is incredible. The animation is extraordinary, but like the performances across the board are just like it's like the juiciest peach. It is just so good. <laughs> you know, you could just hear how much fun they were having, like, right. and and how much they care. So yeah, that's that's what it is. And like, and honestly, however. Anyone, whether you're watching this interview or not, like however people prefer to watch their thing, subbed or dub, like to me, it's not even a political, you know, argument or or a human argument or anything. It's it's just it's how you like to take your thing 
And I think it's a win either way for us. Like exactly. if you're consuming the media, we're all winning. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Absolutely. I 100% agree with you on that. And you know, to piggyback off of what you had said, it's like you know we've had some older voice actors up here, like not older, but like OG voice actors, right? From off, yeah, like, from yeah, from the '90s and stuff. And it's like you heard we hear stories where it's just like you know, like Linda Young, she saw a news as in the newspaper for voice right. acting. You know what I'm saying? And like how you just said, it's like. Now, like there's been imagine Dragon Ball Z putting an ad in the paper now. Right. Yeah, people right. will lose there's their mind. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you know, it's just interesting because it's like we all grew up as fans of like anime and like you know, learning about the cultures and stuff like that. So mm. it's just like there's much more appreciation for stuff now. Going back to Kyle A. Bear, like he said, like he was a DJ. And he yeah. walked into the studio with some shorts on and a Dragon Ball Z shirt and they brought him in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely interesting to, you know, see where everything is now. And I do want to talk about the My Hero Academia stuff. Sure, yeah. But uh, before we get there, uh, you know, I couldn't let us reach the end of this episode. Oh, here we go. Try to buckle up. Buckle you up. already buckle know. Up. Well, I'll talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, Y'all knew it was coming. Here we go, Trav. Y'all Lift knew off. it was coming, man. You were on part five of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. What are you about to pull out? Hey, you are. Look, guys, look. You know, uh, Ryan, he was on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure part five. And, like, how does it feel being a part of the JoJo universe because so like cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just oh no, no, you're no, you're you're fine. But I mean, like you know, you were on part five of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. The character that you voiced, Squalo, he was cool. Like they almost took out. Uh, I'm mad. I can't remember uh, drawing those gang, but it's just like you almost took him out. The character that you voiced. So yeah, like how was it just being a part of that universe and just being a part of part five of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Dude, that was so wild. That was that was such a trip because that again was very early in in you know me starting to work in general, mm-hmm. and I was well aware of how one popular the show was and and not just appreciated by the fans, but also just like the like legacy of it. You know, like mm-hmm. it was one of those things that instant pressure, like instant. You know, the second I got the casting email, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> and um. I mean, thankfully, uh, Tony Oliver, who who had uh, up to that had directed like all of the seasons, you know, is, you know, he was just so in command of JoJo, um, you know, of the dub and really like really controlled, you know, all of those sessions because so much of it was like there is a there is a musical language to JoJo, mm-hmm. you know, like it is not like any other kind of performance you know it's a very specific kind of performance you have to give for that show and finding finding that right line to skirt is really interesting and you know for me it was like the first time that i had like that much dialogue for a character with that much emotion going through you know only a few episodes it was like i was like oh oh my god this is like i have to not screw this up you know Mm -hmm. um and i was incredibly nervous when we were done recording and like a lot of the time i had the feeling like we'd wrap a session like they're so gonna fire and replace me um it was fun (laughs) but they're gonna replace me and uh, when the episodes dropped, I was just like on cloud nine because one, it was real. It was on Toonami, which was, mm-hmm. 
I've watched Toonami growing up, you know, like Toonami was a big part of shaping my creative life, you know, right. and part of my re-embracing of anime, you know, so Toonami meant a lot to be a part of, especially in like my first real year of doing work, you know, it was like, what? Um, and to do it for JoJo and the fans were instantly welcoming and kind and supportive and have stayed with me since like it's it's been i love i love being part of jojo and i love the community and mm-hmm. i love again that cast like there's my boy uh yeah it and was, i'm not doing that on purpose I, well, i'm just talking long enough that it just gets <laughs> back around <laughs> um yeah no i i just it was a dream man that was so wild it's still wild yeah, and what's interesting about JoJo is because I want to say part five, like it got really popular because it was on Crunchyroll. So everybody, they watched it sub. And when it comes to JoJo, it's like everybody's always looking to see, all right, well, who's going to be doing the dub? Like, are the dub voice actors, are they going to be able to do just as good of a job as the Japanese voice actors? That was a and very like, intense. I remember that was like the, like, and I was like, is every job going to be like this where people uh, yeah. are this heavy with scrutiny? Because I was like, wow, they're really comparing these, these dubs and stuff. Like, in particular with that show, I'd noticed it more than anything else. Where like mm-hmm. people were like making video clips and stuff, and like it was aggressive comparisons. Yep, you know? yeah, they do it, man. So man. I was nervous. All the big fandoms do that. Yeah, I guess I just true. maybe I've just stopped uh, looking for it or letting myself because mm-hmm. it's like you know part of me is it's that weird thing of like like I want everyone to be happy. I want to do the best job by everyone, but I also know that like it's almost physically impossible. And it's like mm-hmm. all I can do is put everything I have into the thing and be as true to it as I can and hope that that connects with people. But like, you don't want to disappoint people, especially exactly. if it's a character they like, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, part of me is like, you know, I don't even, I don't even know as far as the Squalo comparison videos and stuff, I'm like terrified to actually look. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I also too, as artists, everybody, you're sensitive as yeah, all, exactly. all of us artists are sensitive, dude, about their crime. Oh, for sure. Yep. So you, you gotta know, walk that line when you're talking to us. Yeah. yeah, and it's just, it's interesting because it's like when we had Christopher Dontrell Piper up here, you know, he talked about how when he voiced Dispo on Dragon Ball Super, because like when I heard him voicing him, I was just like, yo, like this dude sounds badass as hell. Mm-hmm. But he said that on Twitter, like there were some fans that was just like, this isn't my Dispo. But it's just yeah, like, it's you've only heard, thing. you've only heard it in Japanese. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, what do you think that he was supposed to sound like? You know what I'm saying? So it's it's really uh, a hard take when some fans go online and it's just like they want to bash the English voice acting saying like it's not as good as the Japanese and yada yada yada. You know, it's it's funny because like I've I've really kind of come like to a full circle thing with it where like I really genuinely I'm genuinely personally not bothered by it mm-hmm. because one like your opinion's valid <laughs> like 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 if you think I suck. Like if someone just or doesn't or just doesn't want to hear uh, like my performance over someone else's, like I'm not going to tell someone they're wrong. Like, you know, like they're allowed to have opinions. You know, if I can go see a movie or, you know, whatever and have my own opinions about a thing, you know, everyone is allowed to like and it's I really yeah, I'm like I'm genuinely not. It's, it's a weird thing. I am super appreciative and I'm and I'm affected positively by people who who do get connected to the work. But like those who don't like it, like one, everyone is nice enough to at least not go out of their way to like find me to be like, you suck, like have a horrible day. Like nobody does that to me, yeah. which is wonderful. <laughs> um, 
but like, I think even if people, you know, uh, the of the characters that I've played, if people are like, we'd rather watch the sub, I'm like, cool. I hope you like it. Like that, that actor's great. You know, like that's sh- the show's great that way. You know what I mean? Like, awesome. I'm glad you like the show. You know, to me, it's, it's like, it's like if I offered somebody, you know, a cup of coffee that I made them and they're like, I don't drink coffee. I, I like tea. And I'm like, oh, great. I ha- I've got peppermint for you. Cool. Like, let's hang out. You know, like I don't need the validation from everybody. What I right. want is for everyone to enjoy the thing that they like. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I get to love doing this thing that I do. And like, you know, pe- for people to go out of their way to like create arguments that are superficial because they want to like get a rise out of you to like find a way to like get you to, you know, talk, like argue in that space. Like that's a whole other like mission that they're on. You know what I mean? Like that's not even talking about the subjectivity of their opinion and taste and stuff, you know? Um, So it's, it genuinely doesn't bother me because I know it's not personal. And then if they're trying to get personal, I know it's not real. Yeah, you know, and like you should always block those people too. Well, like, and it's, I don't even need to because it's like I just don't need to respond or comment to it, and suddenly that thing doesn't exist. And three seconds later, my timeline is flooded with everything else, and it's gone, and it's gone true. from out of sight, out of mind. Like, just I, I don't need to engage with stuff that literally I wouldn't in real life. You know, and it's like cool. I'm gonna go have a burger. Yeah, <laughs> hey, take care. See yeah. you guys later. Yeah. Now, um, Ryan, I gotta ask. Um, sure. I know we're running a little long, but oh uh, no, I'm I sorry if I'm running long. No, 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 no. We don't want to hold you, but I, oh, I wanted good. to bring up one or of my favorite we? video games. Or do a <laughs> is she no try? Did she? Mm, what you gonna do? <laughs> what you go- no, but uh, I wanted to bring up um, Genshin Impact, one of my favorite video games right now, yeah. and I, we saw that you were a part of it. Yeah. Is that something that have you tried the game or I I will admit I when it first like you know dropped like yeah. I, I played it for about like 20 minutes and never went back. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's lengthy, man. It's lengthy. It's a lot going on. But um mm. I wasn't sure if we had covered it, but what's what systems before we get into Genshin? Oh, what systems sure. do you play or do you have a favorite system of all time? Yeah, sure. Ooh, all time. Okay, that's that's tough. Um, because I feel mm. like there's a lot of different like, do we talk legacy? Do we talk like, like isn't relevant anymore, but had a, you know, like place in my heart kind of thing. That's a whole, that might be a whole other podcast for all time. Yeah, it might. But I will say what I'm rocking right now, uh, yeah. currently my number one is, is my Switch. That's my like mm. main everyday, like most of my games are on the Switch because it also mm. just kind of has the variety for me and the, the being able to travel with it. Like mm-hmm. it has the, the wholesome, cutesy, funny goofy games and it has the really like crazy wild stuff too like it's it's a full spectrum system for sure nintendo's known for it mm-hmm. yes and I, I and i've never been a like i don't need a pc graphic hound kind of, like i'm not i, I just want to yeah. enjoy playing a game you know yeah, i don't right. know like, right. frame rate whatever i'm like cool like, I don't yeah care. don't forget what made it fun to begin with you know? exactly yeah. um and then my other i have a ps4 you know because like i love like you know last of us and, and oh yeah right, and all, you know like i love those games and mm-hmm. like obviously you can't have those experiences you know on the switch but yeah um i love yeah and and like that even goes back to like the dub versus sub thing right is like people go out of their way argue about systems like being superior and this and that whatever it's like dude like play what you want to freaking play like to each their own all of these things have their strengths and weaknesses and things that are special and things that are unique to them and it's like as long as it brings you joy and can be engaging and you know that's that's the goal so like i i love what they all have to offer yeah for sure for sure that's that's crazy and to piggyback off of that 
I feel like it's like people have been arguing about video game consoles going all the way back to Nintendo versus Sega. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's it's funny, like being a New Yorker and like, you you know, you guys know this wherever you're from is like, you know, sports teams. Like I've never Mm -hmm. been a sports guy, but being in New York where like we had two teams for basically everything and seeing people argue (laughs) who were, you know, if the Mets read in the Yankees or vice versa. And I'm like, can't we just be like, yay, New York? Like, uh-huh. like, why do you have to, like, why do we have to pit them against each other? Why do you guys have to like, have heated arguments about who the better team is? Like, it's crazy. Just, <laughs> if you ever go to Philly and then you want to get a Philly <laughs> oh, cheese day, and then you got, you got Pat versus Gino. And I, I don't know if you've gone to either one of those, but it's just, I, I went to Philly for a bachelor party, like at the start of October and that was those were the first Philly places that we went to. And it's just like, man, like these places are just all hype. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's uh-huh. just like there were so many other different Philly places in Philly that had better quality subs than, you know, Pat's and Geno's. But because those are two historical landmarks, you know what I'm saying? It's like you that's have where the to barking check- is all. Yeah. Yeah. You have to check it out. But I mean, like, yeah, it's crazy how people will argue like which one is better. You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, it's geez. wild. But it lets you, I think it's also like when stuff like that happens, it's a really easy way to be like, I'm just going to back away from that scene. Right. <laughs> and, all, and the parking sucks. And that's everywhere. And I just want to say, like, it, 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 it really sucks. And parking really sucks in Philly. That's all I want to say. But go ahead. But, and all, I was going to say, in all fairness, Sega started that whole. I Sega think, say, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, their whole oh, thing was to oh. bash Nintendo by our right. product. And mm-hmm. that has carried over to Sony versus Microsoft and all that stuff. And I've, Sega's responsible for it, though. You know, it's, that was their main well, marketing you know, campaign. It's a, but it's a nat- I mean, it's Coke versus Pepsi. It's a natural. It's yes. it's, yep. it's the it's the law of all of this stuff that just mm-hmm. we're we're just weird creatures. And it's like mm-hmm. part of how we, for some reason, <laughs> need to exist in which we. For whatever reason, we need to create a hierarchy in our brains, even if none of it needs to exist. So we're just we're just dumb animals. <laughs> yeah, it's just like One Piece versus JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like why? Come on, why? Just I mean, people always well, people always ask me. It's funny, like living here. You know, people are like, hmm. what do you like more, New York or LA? And it's like, do I have to like one more? <laughs> like, yeah. well, exactly. I, hey, they got. I the think the question ready. should be, what fits mm-hmm. you more? You yeah, know, what that's fits you too. Some people and like to live on the countryside away from people, and some people like to be in the middle of mayhem. You know what I that's mean? That's true. Down there in the sure. New York. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> now we're towards the end. And, uh, you know, I know everybody that's watching and listening right now, you know, Ryan, you just starred in one of the highest grossing <laughs> My Hero Academia <laughs> movies of all times. We're all huge My Hero Academia fans here. I got Deku here with me on the table, front and center, and you voice oh Rhodey Soul in My Hero Academia World Heroes Mission. And that's how we met. It's like, you know, I went to the 12 o'clock show in, and then you commented on my tweet, and I was just like, yo, I got to get this guy up here on level up with <laughs> And, you know, like I always say, slid in the DMs, and like, we are here <laughs> right now. So, like... <laughs> Just tell everybody, I mean, because like we've been seeing stuff on Twitter, like this has been a very, you know, positive and happy experience for you. Oh, man. You just reached over 10,000 followers on Twitter and you just been getting none but mad love oh, and God. support from everybody. Your performance in the movie, it was phenomenal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just like mm-hmm. when we all watched it, like that was one thing. It was just like, yo, it's like Ryan killed it as Rhodey. So like just tell everybody, like, how was it? 
you know, well, well, before you tell everybody how was it voicing him, like just getting that role, like when it when oh. it landed in your lap, like let's start from the beginning. Like let's coffee shop. Was that a trip to the coffee shop? Dude, that was a trip to the, <laughs> <laughs> was a trip to a lot of places. First, I had to get tissues, <laughs> so I went to CBS, I think. Um <laughs> I man. It's so crazy. Like even you just talking about the whole thing, I'm literally getting emotional because this has all meant so much and it's been so surreal so quickly. Um, yeah, so much has happened recently, man. It's wild. Um, so let's see, how do I, how do I do this? Uh, in, in April, I got an email out of the blue from Colleen Clinkenbeard, who is the phenomenal if you don't already know who is who, she's momo on the show but she is the phenomenal uh, i mean she's luffy you know she's right. uh she's a she extraordinary yes yes Quentin <laughs> Beard, yes the best yeah um she's extraordinary extraordinary actress um producer casting director voice director of of the whole series and um yeah she uh she sends me an email one day in april out of the blue and i go into like a like free I like f- literally freeze because Colleen doesn't know me. Mm-hmm. I know Colleen because we all know Colleen. <laughs> but Colleen yeah. doesn't know me. So it's a lot of all of the obvious thoughts going through my head of like how does she get my email? Why does she have my email? Like what is ha-? you know like all the things and like but processing all at once. So my brain kind of just went Bart! you know <laughs> um <laughs> and it was to audition for for season five for the back half of season five and um I was like, this is insane. Like, one, that she even knows I exist. Two, that she's, for whatever reason, giving me an opportunity to read for her. Like, whatever, whoever, like, twisted her arm to do this, like, I'm going to have to pay somebody a thank you, you know? Um, And I was like, oh, I'm never going to get this, but I'm going to read with every fiber in my body, you know, I'm going to give her the best thing I've got in this audition. So um, there were like a few different characters and it was kind of a like, you know, pick who you want to read for thing. So I read for three dudes who were, who were all uh, pretty different from each other. And I won't say who, because uh, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it. The people, and the people that ended up booking it crushed all of these roles. And when I saw them, I was like, that fits, that fits perfect, perfect, perfect. Cause that's Colleen's like sixth sense. Um, so I read for these things and, and it was funny cause in her email, which is very unusual. Cause normally in, in anything that we do, especially in voiceover, like things happen very fast because of production schedules. So like you'll audition for a thing and you'll find out within two days or a week, two weeks, like sometimes it's weird and it'll be, you know, a couple months or a year if the project is like some giant mocap thing or something, you know, and scheduling has to get put together. But like pretty quickly, like, you know, if you are, or aren't going to be in a thing, you know? So like come two weeks with anime, especially it's usually like, yeah, that didn't happen. You just kind of tell yourself like, move on. Uh, so she sends in this email and she's like, just a heads up, these roles won't be cast for like 10 weeks because she's just very strict about like, she does not cast until she hears the Japanese gets a flavor of the character. Like she really wants to like do it all justice. So she's like, take your time with it, have at it. You got 10 weeks to send this stuff in. So I send it in an hour 
And I mm-hmm. just like, I, cause I just, I opened the email and I was like, I can digest everything I want from this. I don't need to do research. I can't do research on, there's no research to be had on these characters. All I can do is make choices. So I send him off and I'm like, cool. I'm never going to hear from Colleen again, but I'm really grateful that she gave me that chance. And, uh, five months go by and I, you know, at this point I'm just doing other gigs and just happily going about my, my day. And, uh, five months to the day, I get another email from Colleen and I open it up and it was just offering me roadie and I lost it. Like, I just like, like I, 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 it was like a very like internal breakdown. Like, like I didn't, I didn't externally freak out. I just kind of like it, like all like the weight of everything just kind of like hit my body. And um, yeah, it was, it was just so wild because I never, I remembered seeing the trailers and seeing him, you know, sliding down the banister and stuff like months, you know, five or six months before that, you know, just when some of the trailers were getting out online and like literally didn't even remotely give it a thought of like, oh, like maybe I could read for that or like, like I've, I never thought I would ever get to read for my hero at all. So I remember when I saw those trailers for the sub, like months and months and months and months and months back, I was like, I had already assumed that stuff was cast. Like I was like, oh, I'm I'm really curious to see who played who plays this guy because he looks cool, and um, I was even like fan casting it in my head. <laughs> I was like, oh, I bet it's gonna be this person. And I was like, oh, this person could be really good as them too. Like literally, and yeah, it was it was so heavy because it was this thing of like the first layer of emotion was like, oh my god, it's the lead of a movie of a franchise that I care so much about. Two, it was, oh my God, this person is believing in me and trusting me. The thing they have no idea who I am. You know, three was like the responsibility of the fan base and everything. And myself is, there were so many layers of like, is this like, I, oh my God, you know, like what is happening? How do I, I have to do this right. And um, when we started recording, as we, you know, were doing the sessions, it was even more bizarre to me how like, it was so clear how much of Rhodey like, and I were meant for each other. And Colleen was the one who knew it. I didn't know. I didn't even know it was a possibility. And she heard my auditions for these other characters and was probably at the time, I'm, I'm assuming, cause I, I literally, I still haven't gotten to meet her in person, which is so crazy mm. after all of this soon I'm going to get to, and I can't wait to hug her and just like, man, the gift that she has given me. Um, mm. I'm gonna cry on camera, man. Hey, uh, let it all out. It's, it's all just so why it's so why it's just so surreal. But like uh she she just knew she she literally heard these auditions for other characters and like was like, I know this guy, like was probably casting the movie and was probably trying to figure out. I don't know if she was planning on sending sides out. And she heard me and was like, Oh, sweet, we got him, like whatever it was. And it was that thing of like going through recording and you guys have seen the movie. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who, who's watching, who hasn't seen it yet, but um, see, so I got the sniffles. Uh, but yeah, it was like every session more and more of Rody revealed himself to me. And I was like, this is crazy. This is parts of this are my life. Parts of this are my soul, you know? And uh, she just knew, she just knew, man. That's awesome. Hey, I, like yeah. I feel like we got to so rad. We gotta give Ryan a minute. <laughs> you know no, we gotta <laughs> give Colleen. We gotta give Colleen some love, yo. Like, hey, we do. <laughs> hey. miss Colleen. 
yay, hopefully she watches this and she's just like, you know what? It's like, that was a good interview. I want to go up there with them guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. She, I, I should, email. Yeah. Yeah, hey, send her an email for us. I'd be like, hey, yo, check these guys out. <laughs> I hey, will, hey, they, I will. they didn't interview half my friends, and they've interviewed some OG people. So, uh, yeah, give I them mean, a shout. She buddy. would be. I bet she'd be delighted to talk with you guys. I, you know, I, I know she's an incredibly busy woman, but she is a joy, and I know that she she would love your enthusiasm and your kindness, and and thank yeah, you, I appreciate and your professionalism that. and all of these things. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> like, you know, I, I agree with you with, uh, you know, what you were saying about Rhodey, because it's like the scenes that he had in the movie, especially like when, you know, he was telling Deku. And, uh, oops, oh, yeah, that's right. I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. anything. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, in as vague ways as possible, you know. Yeah, you be, yeah, that's uh, yeah. right. Um, yeah, but his scenes, like they, all of the scenes that Rhodey is a part of, the like, more that you, the more that he's revealed about him, yeah, it's one. It, he's an incredibly emotional character. His journey is so full, and um, he's so real. You know, he's, and I don't mean that in a way that it's like, I just mean his 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 experience, his story is so relatable. Yeah, well, that's know? what I was gonna say. Even mm-hmm. though the characters in this movie themselves aren't relatable because you know this world is not relatable we we don't live in this world yeah but how many people have lived roadie's life yeah basically you know growing up in the slums of shaolin you know like roadie yeah Yeah. there's so many people that have lived his life been through those struggles and trying to make it work trying to make it work taking you understand his motivations immediately you understand everything about him and the more that gets revealed it just becomes a deeper, deeper thing. And I, and I think that like, ultimately the, the most beautiful gift about the whole thing, about his character, about the whole film, about the series and about what I, me getting to be a part of it in this way is getting to be a part of the grand message of anybody being able to be a hero. Like that's the point, you know? Yep. And it's like, and it's not even about being a hero with some grand gesture. It's the tiniest things that we can do. It's it's a day-to-day thing. It's people being there for each other, being more present with each other, being more open to each other. You know, all of these things, like, that's the, the great heroic, you know, nature that we can live up to. And I think that this particular movie really kind of, like, reminds us of that and, and really resonates on that idea. You know, while also being a super badass, fun, funny superhero Absolutely. movie. Like, uh-huh. yeah, it has so much heart, you know, and, and objectively, like, even if I wasn't in it, I, I adore this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, something else I wanted to piggyback off of what you said, it's just also, too, about, like, you know, letting your guard down and learning how to trust others. Because, you know, just seeing the relationship between Rhodey and Deku, like, it, it was amazing. Like, just seeing their trip and everything. It's uh, awesome. Dude, it and Justin awesome. is so good. He's so good. And that's what I was just about to ask you. Like, have you had the opportunity to meet Justin in person? Because I know that the premiere was in LA, correct? Yeah. So I haven't gotten to meet Justin in person yet. We we got to do we got to do a press day where we got to meet like this. We got to hang out digitally. We've known each other on Twitter for a while. He actually, even like a year ago, way before I ever was even working with Funimation, he uh, we were following each other and he had reached out to me just kind of extending his friendship within the, you know, community of voice actors and was just really nice. generous and kind. And, you know, I was like, oh my God, like, you're so sweet and you're so good. Like, you know, hi man, thanks, you know. And uh, little did I know a year later, I would be starring with him in a movie, you know. And <laughs> and he, he, for the longest time, has actually been 
my favorite of like our contemporary, you know, actors. I think yeah. he's extraordinary. I think his, and it's like, you know, it's not like it's a surprise, but his, I think his, his Deku is phenomenal. I think it's, it it's world-class. It is so emotional. It is so nuanced. And, and, and that is him and Colleen. It's just that magic. And um, he, it was so trippy because he recorded most of the, uh, the way that like scheduling worked out. There were a couple of days on the back end that I got to go in before him. But for the most mm-hmm. part, we recorded the movie where like he did a session, then I would do a session. So I would have Deku in my ears. I'd have Justin in my ears, like for the scenes. And like, I would cry or get very much, you know, on the border of tears in sessions. Cause it was like one, his performance was so touching. And two, I was like, I've, this is, the voice that I've watched, you know, for years, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just so powerful and it was so like, Oh my God, I get to be here. Like, this was amazing. And he's so yeah. good. Now, <laughs> yeah. Justin, any, it, yeah. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, I just ahead. want to say go one ahead. thing. And indeed you can say, I was going to say that Justin is the only man that has made my jaw drop twice. You know, I will admit to that. Uh, <laughs> um, Who made it dropped once? uh jensen ackles but no yeah but but uh justin just because uh one of my friends uh johnny five who's a cosplayer he had went to i think it was galaxy con in north carolina and like he had been bugging me all day he was just like hey man i got a video that i gotta show you and like i was so busy that entire day with work the gym setting up the wrestling ring for the show and whatnot and I get home at like 12 o'clock and he's just like, hey, man, you got to watch this video. I'm like, OK. So he plays it and he's just like, hey, Benjamin, I'm here at this con and somebody wants to say hi to you. <laughs> and he pans the camera over and it's Justin. And it's just like, I got locked jaw. And I was just like, God, like I've, I had never had locked jaw before. That's and then, amazing. of course, the second time was watching, you know, World Heroes Mission and. I think yeah, Trav was the first person that I had talked don't say to. It after. Don't well, say it. you can just say yeah. you can just I'm not say, gonna say yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna say it, but I just I'm assuming hit, at the end. Yeah, it was at the end, and I hit Trav up. I was just like, bro, it's just like I was the only one screaming in the movie theater. Uh, I was I got locked jaw. Like I said, like, I, I get I get chills. I was just saying the third act, like I've oh, seen absolutely. the movie so many times now. It is I get chills every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and awesome job because I've seen it subbed and dubbed, and everybody did a phenomenal job. And like Trav was saying earlier, like it's so awesome that you know how far like dubbing has come. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With the quality and whatnot, and you know it's just awesome to watch. Uh, you know, I, my favorite. Subs. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I I literally been telling everybody this. Like, I mean, the to to double down on that, like two of my favorite lines in the entire movie, like two of my favorite performances in the entire movie are individual one-liners from unnamed characters. Right. Mm. Mm. There's, there's, you know, and I won't say, cause one, one is later in the movie. It's literally just a one-off line. When we, when we stop recording, I'll tell you. Okay. And the other one I think is in the trailer, but it's like literally the news reporter talking about Deku. And when he says his name, when he's like, uh-huh. kind of like, you can tell he's kind of like reading it off a card. It's one of the funniest delivery. It's so spot on. And it's just that thing of like, God, ugh, everyone is so good in this. Like nobody gives 98%. Everybody gives 110%. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, I, a, it's an incredible movie. 
Yeah, it is. Now, D, uh, you can go ahead and uh, say what you were about to say. I don't. It's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, it's okay, I'm, man. I'm sorry, man. Look, this it's been an awesome interview. And, it has. You know, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. I have one more question. I know D has his famous question. You ask, hey, ask. I have time for yo. If you guys want to ask, ask, please. Okay, D, take the floor. You want, you want me to take it? Yeah, you I'm go not. Ahead I'm take not going to cut you guys off. Let's, yeah, if let's you do insist. It. Okay, so first, I like to ask a lot of our. Um, first off, let's go back. Uh, I'm going to ask you three questions since you you insist. Ooh, let's do it. Favorite, let's do it. <laughs> favorite. Were you you were playing Super Nintendo? I take it when you were coming up. Did yeah, so what's crazy is Super Nintendo? I mean, okay. yes, of course. But I okay. was the kid. I had I had the original, the NES, mm-hmm. and then I had uh, a Sega Genesis, mm-hmm. and I never had a Super Nintendo of my own. So it was one of the systems that I would like always go to friends' houses. Go to, to play. friends' so houses. Like, uh-huh. It was that was system, sometimes. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I want to ask. Um, Nintendo is one of that was the first system. Your Switch was the first thing you mentioned. What is your favorite Nintendo franchise? Oh, Zelda. Do you have one? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's, no, a, yeah. that's a go-to. No okay. Question. I mean, uh, but the thing, to be fair, is I love them all. Like, I play Mario. Zelda's an easy one, though. Yeah, Zelda, I mean, there's some Zelda, fun. to me, it's it's the adventure. It's the... Mm-hmm. It's all of it. It's the discovery. Oh. It's the... Uh-huh. You know, I, I love... And, you know, Breath of the Wild, for me, is like... Mm. That's, you know, that's the jam, you know. I still haven't played it. It's how the games evolved. It went yeah. from being yes. this I was just about to 2D mention that. up, down, left, right game. And then Nintendo 64 kind of gave us what PlayStation was doing with the Zelda games. You well, know that I should I should reframe my answer because I should say it really was Mario from the beginning. Like Mario at first it was, no, it was Mario, it you know, was obviously the kid. Version. And then, yeah. and even when 64 came out, like that, I remember doing like marathon, like 13 hour, you know, I would just play like, yeah. I was just like locked in, you know, uh-huh. but Ocarina of Time Absolutely. was the game that yeah. then it was like, oh, it's all my about favorite Zelda, Zelda game. It, and it just, mm-hmm. I was at the right age where yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly yep. what it is. It, Nintendo it was, is so it was, easy to play too. Yes. It's so yes. friendly. So and it was the friendly. first, like, to me, that was the first real deep story game that I got to at the right age. Like, it just did all the things that I needed. And it sent mm-hmm. me on, like, a larger gamer journey, I think, Dang. you know. Because mm-hmm. in a weird way, as much as it made me, like, a big Zelda fan, it also made me a fan of, like, that kind of on the RPG path. Right. Like, that yep. really opened up everything for me. Mm-hmm. So I think for that reason, I picked Zelda. But, like, I okay. really, I adore, I adore all of their franchises because they, yeah. they all have a whimsy to them and something oh. that, yeah, mm-hmm. like, it's it's like coming home, right? Like, anytime yeah. you turn on one of those games, like, whether it's a replay or something new, like, it always just feels right. Right. Yeah. Even From, when, have, yeah, have you played that. Splatoon? Where, no. No. Okay, I, so, it's so, I've heard it's, it's super fun, though. It, it's incredibly fun, but it's a competitive game. It's It's their way of putting their name on competitive yeah. serious game but it's still nintendo it's goofy, well, it's like mario kart right goofy animals oh, yeah, splashing paint too. on each other yeah, and it's just like mario kart mario kart's competitive yeah um i want to say ain't it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah the, the my favorite ender <laughs> uh-huh my favorite is probably fire emblem is one of my favorites oh, oh, three houses three houses mm-hmm. so good I it's got amazing. the uh, limited edition uh, 3DS up there on the top shelf. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fire Emblem, I came to late as well, but I, I adore that series. And I forget that it's, it's yeah. yeah yes. Man. Never opened it. Wow, that's so rad. But um, I'll change that. 
It was a. Uh, <laughs> it was just. I was late to the party. I think I started playing. <laughs> Thanks. Take it easy. All right, Michael. Mike. No, uh, but uh, I started playing it on GameCube, and then ever mm. since then, I just. It's phenomenal. It's just fun. The voice acting. Um, I, I just love the, the animation. Systems are so deep. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. then it's Nintendo did a good job of spreading itself out too, because it's. It's kind of like a smaller compared to like a uh, PlayStation or Xbox, but it's like they have so much variety. It's like something for everybody. Right. It's so fun. Especially now. Have you guys played yeah. Hollow Knight? Oh, I oh, love I Hollow Knight. So that. I've been Mm-mm. super into, um, what do they call those games? Metroidvania. Um, I forgot what the name of those kind of games are where you kind of start all over again once you lose all your... Oh, 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 um, um, rogue, roguelite. Ro- roguelites rogue and yeah. yeah, roguelites and all that like stuff. Like dead but cells. Yeah, Shovel Knight is incredible. It yeah, is Shovel Knight, if you, uh, mm-hmm. Shovel Knight, Dead Cells, The Messenger. If you guys haven't okay. played The I Messenger, played the messenger. Mm-mm. oh my God, The Messenger, it's, it's like a throwback homage to uh ninja gaiden okay but mm. it's it's done in both 8-bit and then there's a thing where it goes to 24 or 16 or 24-bit halfway through the game and you can go between both the mm. soundtrack is insane like it's one of the most fun games i've ever played mm-hmm. and it's not super long like it's a must play right okay oh mm. yeah look up you'll look up the trailer for it the messenger and you will be yeah, like you got oh my god like thanks put it on the list that's another Instantly. one. <laughs> the music, the music one. alone is going to make you want to play it tonight. Oh, like I it's that it. good. Yeah, I love that. Here, I mean, video games that have that that epic soundtrack to it, it just amps oh, it up, it's man. It's like a great so garnish good. to a great dish. Like Persona. Yes. Like yeah. Persona. And Shed Megami. That's a game. Uh, Shed Megami yeah. Five. Yeah, we didn't bring that game. Dude, it's yep. so good. I've been playing. I'm like almost like I'm like 35 one, hours in already. Yeah. And one that did games, it for me. Go ahead. Go ahead, thanks. No, I was no, just no, gonna no. say like those games, like they take a lot of time. Like oh, Persona yeah. Five, I think I put like a hundred and I think I'm still hours. halfway through Persona Five technically. Yeah, it's, Which one? it's a lot to do. Five. No, the first five or a royal. Oh, I mean, yeah. look, I, man, when yeah, I say yeah, Persona but... Five, I just mean Persona. I mean, even if I'm talking yeah. about Royal, I still right. just call it. Persona well, we still 5. we got three now, so plus the dance fr- game. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, no, just the, just the yeah, you the got OG. strikers. Yeah, yeah. strikers. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say that one game that soundtrack really did it for me was uh, all, like Demon uh, Demon Souls, Dark Souls. Right. Oh, that yeah. whole franchise. It's just like when you Blood get into the boss fight. Yeah, blood. It's just like God. It's phenomenal. Yeah, like that, it's that let's go feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, that is God. the most triggering franchise in all of franchises. It's, it's so <laughs> tough, man. And I was um, I was honored to have a couple of my friends run. We ran the whole game together. No just, way, that's epic. Yeah, like that's as soon a, as you could get somebody in your game, we ran the whole thing straight through together. So that's a super fun run. game to play with people. You say run. Uh, that's a yeah. I love. I mean, I played Bloodborne only like a few months ago for the first time. And I was like, this, this is one of the best experiences I will ever have playing a game. I'm so excited for Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm a big game nerd, man. I'm like, I want to play yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, same here. When we uh, have, when I have time, I do it, man. Yeah, that's what you got to do, man. It's it's a great getaway, man. Um, I'm playing something called Green Hell right now. It's just a survival game. Ooh, I don't know about uh, that. Just came out 2021, but it's like literally you're in the jungle, you get shipwrecked, you just gotta you gotta sanitize your own water the whole nine. Right. Oh, cool. So, um, okay. It's just, and it's just something to spend time doing. 
But um, my next question, check that out too. All I'm right, looking right. into this. Yeah. You. I'm looking into this. Yeah. No, but uh, <laughs> next question. Growing up, did you have a favorite 80s or 90s movie or both? Do you have one of each? Ooh. Any genre. Right now, it's any genre. Gosh, it's so hard. Because I, like, I really loved all... I mean, literally from like Alien and Blade Runner and... Well, that's my... Scott, Ridley Scott's my favorite director. Oh, hey, God. Hey, they coming, they so coming at his neck right say, now. We don't need to talk about his comments on MCU. I'm yeah, just they coming at his director. neck right now. <laughs> you know what? It's oh, so my. funny. A lot of directors... like I love Denny Villeneuve, and it's like... Yeah, yeah. Sometimes... I'm like, guys, just don't say anything. Just don't, just don't say anything. Uh-huh. Like, it's just like, just direct. Don't, don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause this stuff, they're always going to put their foot in their mouths with some, with some comment that is either going to be misquoted or is just going to come off snooty and unnecessary. Well, it's you know? like you said, if he feels that way, he feels that way. That He has a right to feel that way. Yeah, that's fine. Uh-huh. Well, I love, I love my favorite is uh, one of my favorite pe- directors period who also has a new movie out right now that I'm psyched. And Ray Chase is in is uh Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who Paul Thomas Anderson is one of my favorite directors ever. And I, I love that, like, you know, if you look at his list of movies, people consider him like, you know, high art Oscar kind of, you know, director. Right. Like, and they've asked him a lot about like, hey, would you ever do a Marvel movie? And like his answer is always like, I would love to, but like they probably would never offer me one. But he's like, that stuff's awesome, you know, like, and like that's the mentality for me that I always kind of go with with, you know, I love, I love directors who are like, dude, that would be cool, you know. Yeah, um, that's a the piggyback off of what you just said. Because Tom Hanks was just interviewed and he that. said yeah, I saw that. he said the exact same thing. He said, Yeah, nobody from Marvel's ever reached out to me. But God, I imagine it. Tom Hanks in a Marvel movie. He would be so awesome. I love mm-hmm. him. Uh, <laughs> to finish answering your question, yeah. I, I was I'm I'm one of those crazy kids who I watched everything. Like I was obsessed with film. So like for me, I've watched every 80s movie. Like anything that you could think of from like all the classics, The Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. Um, I to and to the 90s, you know, I was a kid, I grew up in the 90s. So yeah, like that was sure. just me going to the movies. Like mm-hmm. I can tell you where I was sitting in the theater for Jurassic Park, Nightmare Before uh, Christmas. Uh, you know, these Clider are movies that Man. I saw in their original run in theater. Like these are the movies that shaped my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like you name it, like Miss Doubtfire, you know, like Lion King. Like these were all the movies that, like, I got to see in theaters and sh- just radically put me on this crazy adventure. Like, compelled me past ration, <laughs> rationale to be like, well, this is this is. I'm compelled to do this now. Uh, hey, man, I cannot complain with that answer. <laughs> um, it was just a phenomenal time to be a kid, really, and grow up to transition. You know, it's just. Phenomenal oh my god! And we had like to, Power Rangers and, and yeah, it was just all the cartoons. A great, a great time to really be creative, you Batman know. It's not as, I don't think yeah. it's as robotic as it is nowadays. If you're not careful, it's just I don't know. It was just a certain feel for the ni- '80s, '90s, even '70s movies, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and my third question for you: Growing up, did you have a TV show or movie that really scared you from the horror genre? Oh, or, yeah. And not even from horror genre. Was there anything that really scared you? I mean, Teletubbies. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> could have been anything. What's funny is I was never the kid who was weirded out by, like, stuff like that to the point of being yeah. scared, you know, mm-hmm. but... But I was definitely not a fan of horror as a kid, especially because mm-hmm. I had one of those, like, my imagination is wild. So, like, as a kid, <laughs> it would just run away with me. So, like... I remember being terrified. And it's so funny, like, in hindsight, as you get older, because you're like, 
so goofy. But mm-hmm. I was terrified of uh, Tales from the Crypt. Mm. Ah, and I was a big laugh. Well, yeah. well, you know, yeah. I was a big movie kid, so like I was watching HBO and like all this stuff. Oh, like my God. parents, you know, my parents would let Demon me watch. You know, yeah, like and like uh, down to the minute, yeah, and then like oh suddenly, and back in the day, HBO would just do that thing where like the movie would end, the credits would end, and then there'd be like the quick HBO commercial, and then the show would start, and suddenly oh, yeah, it was yeah. like, and I remember that opening credits to like Tales from the Crypt, and it would be that like, oh God, get out of here, you know, like I would be terrified. Uh-huh. Cause it was just so creepy to me. Um, and a lot of it was like, a lot of it was, I wouldn't even like let myself experience these things fully through. And I probably would have actually enjoyed them realizing like, Oh my God, they're not actually that scary, but I would like the idea of it. And it would be like, you know, what is it? 10 o'clock at night or whatever it would start. Like that was also like, Oh my God, you know? (laughs) So that just Mm -hmm. terrified me as a kid for some reason. I got to bring this up though, since you're saying that the "Are You Afraid of the Dark" theme song? Yeah, oh, dun 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 dun, insanely scary. It's a creepy know. for a kids show. <laughs> Absolutely. Scary. So Absolutely. y'all, so y'all were afraid of that, but y'all was jamming to the Goosebumps theme song. When Dude, it was because there's an actually, yeah, go ahead, Trav. I just want to look. This guy, Goosebumps was like kind of goofy, and that Goosebumps yeah, theme was, was a bop. That are yeah, you it went hard. The dark it went hard. <laughs> They were playing that somewhere at a club. Hey, nobody's bumping the Are You Afraid of the Dark theme, bro. That thing is scary and spooky. I'll tell you, yeah. And they got the clown in the closet. Uh I'll tell you what had a really creepy intro as a show, and it's it's an old show called Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, Oh, I remember that. That thing was, yeah, yeah, that used to get me every time, man. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Dude, it's different when you were a kid and you're sitting in your room in the dark in bed. You know what I mean? It's scary. Oh, it's, so, it's true. Okay, it's so, so let me ask you guys this. If y'all even remember this cartoon, Siegfried and Roy, they oh, had yeah. a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I remember as a kid, because I think it was just like the monsters, like they switched bodies with the king and it was full of demons and stuff. I like I, I was afraid to watch that show. I was just like, because I thought that a demon was going to switch bodies with me and then it's like I was gonna be in the demon's body, he was gonna be in my body. It's as so funny how our imagination just goes crazy yes. with this stuff. Yes. It, but it, it, it really does like it shows you how powerful and it reminds you, you know, and it reminds me for sure, like there are still people at that age now taking in things that maybe I'm a part of. And it's like, you know, it's like it's a surreal thing to realize that like like one of the coolest things ever was going uh, at the premiere of the movie there was a kid there at the premiere with his parents and like, he was probably like seven, like six or seven years old. Like, <laughs> like he was tiny, you know? <laughs> and after the movie, like he was like sitting in front of us. And I remember like, we, we were all walking out together and I like, I leaned down next to him. I was like, what'd you think of the movie, man? And he was like, it was amazing. And I was like, mm-hmm. like, you know, my yeah, heart yeah, just yeah. exploded. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is the greatest review I will ever have. I don't care. Whatever happens mm-hmm. from here. I was like this, that was everything. And it's like, I don't know if he'll even remember the freaking movie when he gets older, but it's like to, to give that experience to someone at that age when I remember how yeah, that he's going to remember. Yeah, he did he, give you a, that. did he give you a thumbs up? I, I got a full on high five. Uh, I got the whole, okay. I got the whole shebang. The same way when we were growing up and we went to see that Power Rangers, the first movie. That's uh-huh. right. We remember oh, that. Dude. <laughs> I remember when, when they like, Glass. when there was a trailer for that first movie, I was like, mm-hmm. I can't believe this is happening. Like, this Absolutely. is insane. Uh-huh. You know, and I recently, I recently watched that trailer. I found mm-hmm. it on YouTube and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, but the, the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, like that still holds up. 
I mean, it's it's better than the Turbo movie. Like the well, Turbo you know, it movie, is, it's it's exactly what it needs to be. It's like exactly. yeah, you know, like like obviously watching it as an adult, you're gonna be like, oh my god. But it's like you know, it's 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 what it is. Like you know, it's and it's so perfectly done. What it it's yeah, it it's is. it's so That's true to man. itself in the best way. Yeah, I mean, it's just funny why like you know like when Billy had the grappling hook, it's just like uh-huh. why does he need a grappling hook for when they're jumping everywhere now i've been oozed like he was well, I'm just, you know what's funny is like i instantly think about like now i can instantly think about like my parents you know just being like well he likes this stuff but you know what? what's funny is like now like my my whole family because we all live in different places like my whole family went individually to see this movie multiple times nice. and like <laughs> like my mom watches anime now you know like like, nice. like they like legitimately like taking in this media like since i've started working in it because they're like oh my god there's like there's quality stuff here these stories are interesting these characters are compelling like Absolutely. they'll they'll text me with questions about stuff like it's it's so cool that like they're now fans of it, you know. Now I have a question for you to piggyback off of that, and this isn't sure. the final question that I had, but uh, I just recently listened to an interview with Anthony Anderson. And, oh, nice. And he was talking about how you know his mom; she always wanted to be an actress, but you know she couldn't do it because she couldn't afford to do it. But you know, after she had him, you know, she put everything that she had into him so that way that he can make it and you know everybody they know who anthony anderson is they love him and you you know because he's a big star he was able to help his mom get into acting and find so she could finally do her dream and now you just mentioned it's just like your mom is in the anime now and earlier during the interview you said that she wanted to get into acting do you think that your mom would ever be down to do some voice acting you would love to you kidding me and i've talked to her about it you know it's one of those things that like some way down the line, I would love for her. Cause like, you know, obviously she's not going to try and pursue it as a career or anything, but like, I would love to find a way for her to get to do something, even if it's some additional voice or something. And, you know, some show that I'm working on one day, that's, you know, that's, that's a dream for sure. And, and I think, I think one way or another, it's, it's possible to make happen. The thing is she's like she's a phenomenal actress, you know, like, and she's just, she's one of those people who like, I think would just instantly get it and just have fun in the playtime of it. And like, mm-hmm. you know, she'll, she'll get over the tech hurdle of it. And I think it, she would just be so over the moon to like hear herself in something like that. I think it would blow her mind. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I've, I definitely have thought about it and tried to figure out ways to do it. Like, obviously because we live, she lives in New York and like, she doesn't, you know, obviously doesn't have any of this kind of gear. It's not like we could set her up with some kind of remote thing, but maybe down the road, if she comes to visit me or something, we can sneak her into something. We'll see. It would, that would be incredible. Uh, yeah. You never know. I know. Um, what is the, I'm mad. I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, he was in star Wars. He was Poe. What was his name? Oh, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Thank you. Like his uncle was a huge Star Wars. Oh, right. Fan. Like he like got him in the background yeah, yeah. or he something. Got, yeah, he got yeah. him in the background. So yeah. I mean it's like you just never know, man. Hey, and Martin Scorsese I, put his mom in films for years. She was great in that. Oh. Yeah. She was great in uh in uh was it in Goodfellas? She's Dude, like she's, she's the she's one she's been who, in a lot. Yeah, Goodfellas was her last one. That's but like, but that's the one where she's like driver. She's yeah. been in a lot of his films as a known no, I, I Look I out for your that. family. Yeah, look out for your family when you feel. But that's all I had to say. D, did you have one last question or did you ask all of your questions. Okay, Thank so you <laughs> for being here with us. Okay, oh. so now this is my final question. 
The Great Turkey War is coming the, up. Oh, all right. Yeah. My final question. The Great Turkey War is coming up, and we are all preparing for it. And <laughs> I need to know, what is your favorite dish that you love to eat on Thanksgiving? Oh, my gosh. That's really difficult. Because I feel like <laughs> I feel like what's happened is, like, now I do the thing where I just mash it all together because it all just tastes good together. That Wawa Gobbler. <laughs> that yeah, Wawa you know, Gobbler. Because, like, like oh I, you know, like, I love, I love good sweet potatoes i love good stuffing you know especially with the, the chestnuts in there mm-hmm. um big fan of turkey and gravy it's it's that weird thing where it's like give me the sweet and savory all at once like i'll just mash it all together and just have one big bite cream spinach like it's mm-hmm. genuinely hard to pick one that's like it's like telling me like to choose a, a firstborn or something you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> it's so funny because it's like it's such a non-holiday for us in so many ways but it's easily my favorite as far as food goes like mm-hmm. my whole family we've always looked forward to thanksgiving for that like my mom cooks a hell of a all of that stuff like it's yeah it's one of my favorite times either. of year like i literally like one of the saddest things about november not being with them right now is not being able to to do that together because it's i love cooking too so like getting to cook as a family is, is a really fun thing for us. And like, you know, that, that to me, it's like that whole process of like putting the love in your food and getting it back. Yeah. Um, putting your foot in it. Yeah. You know, I, I think I, maybe, maybe just to give you a solid answer. I think today I'm going to say sweet potatoes. Okay. And now sweet potatoes, what <laughs> marshmallows on top? Or no marshmallows. You know, it depends. It depends on how sweet they are. If they're if they're done like if they're like already kind of like caramelly and glazed and like yeah, if they, they have enough brown sugar them, in it. Yeah, brown like if sugar. it's if it's got like I like what I like about the marshmallows is you can get that like crust. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of the crunch from that. Like so with the burnt, you know, like I'm I'm all for some of that. So like I won't say no. I just I don't want it to be the point where like if I bite it it's like because it's just like a sugar bomb you know like I want to get the like because I I also like the taste of sweet potato so it's like got to give me that balance you know (laughs) okay all right that's that's a good answer because it's like uh, you know we did the interviews at the con and we've had people up here and doing the cosplay interviews up here as well and like nobody has said sweet potatoes yet it's usually it's usually the macaroni and cheese or mac and cheese was a hit stuffing especially at the con yeah the con understandable. yeah, I, you know what's funny? I'm not a mac and cheese guy for for Thanksgiving. For me, it's like that in itself is going to take you out of the whole game, right? Like, like well. you have some mac and cheese, and you're like, "See you guys in a week," you know. Like versus, <laughs> like I can do two full plates of like all the other stuff before I even know what's happening, you know. Like, and then my body will respond and be like, "Sorry, dude." <laughs> yeah, you got you. You got to be careful with the mac and cheese because it's like you can get a lot. And you already know, like when you're an adult, you can fix your own plate. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's whereas the danger, when you're yeah. a kid, yeah. you know, your parents <laughs> they only give you they, they give you a little scoop, so that way that you can make sure you get your greens and all yeah, that exactly. stuff. Exactly, they're monitoring. You, they know. Uh huh. But no. But uh. <laughs> but yeah, Ryan. You know, thank you so much for joining us up Absolutely. here. This interview, it was fun. You know, you're a part you of so the leveling up with me. Benjamin Banks family now. And uh, before we let you go, let everybody in social media land know where they can find you at. Sure. Uh, all the all the spaces you would think, you know, funny enough, uh, I'm on Twitter at Ryan Colt Levy, uh, Instagram at Ryan Colt, just chop off the last name. And uh, I jump on Twitch sometimes, also my full name. And uh, yeah, I mean, most of the time I'm on Twitter and I usually will mention the other spaces there, but wherever your, uh, your normal spot to hang is, I'll probably be there. So come hang with me. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was, this was an honor. You are all just pure joy 
Hey, right. thanks for leveling up today. It was an honor. <laughs> Guys, what an amazing episode. And we knocked it again. The, we hey, saved the, the world. Back, baby, that's why. Another one. Hey, we, hey we, we all got our thumbs up, just like... Uh, our boy did in the My Hero Academia movie. That's right. So guys, the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Yeah, we saved we the world. And Trav just showed us. I don't know what he was trying to show us. but <laughs> I was looking at the scores. Uh, San Fran taking it to the Rams. My man right, right No question. I've been watching <laughs> the whole time. No question. That run, they don't like to run. So, <laughs> hey, they don't like to run stop, bro. Hey, but you know who like to run? Your boys at leveling up, baby. You say run. That is right. So, yeah, everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that you had an awesome holiday. And uh, we hope that going into the winter holidays, that you have snowball fights. We hope that you make snow angels, build snowmen. Eat them Christmas cookies. Make sure that I hope I hope that you guys have been good this year. Because if not, then you are going to be on the naughty list. And the boys here are leveling up with Benjamin Banks. We are friends with Santa Claus because last year we helped save Christmas and uh, we defeated Michael. So I mean, who knows? Michael could try and come back. And if he does, and Santa needs our help again, then the boys will be back in town. Hey, and I like how call. I just said that. They know who to so, call. Uh, yeah, they know who to call. And it's hey, it's not the Winchesters, it's the Love right. Up. It ain't the Ghostbusters neither. <laughs> so Trav, let everybody know where they can find you at a social media land. Of course, man. You can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. You can also find me on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, giving my daily movie ranking and reviews. Rebellious one, where are we gonna find you at? And you can find me as always at rebellious double underscore D23 Instagram.com. And Banks, once again, take it away. You know, you can find me, your hero Benjamin Banks, at King Benji underscore Banks. On Twitter and Instagram, you can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. Thank you again for listening to this brand new episode. Make sure that you follow Ryan on all of his social media accounts. Go and support him. Support everything that he's coming out with, whether it be anime, movies, video games. Support this man because he was awesome. Make sure that you follow all of the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks social media accounts at Leveling Up Banks. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We also have a YouTube where we have interviews, reviews, reaction videos, and that is at Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. As D always says, like, follow, subscribe. That we have a Patreon if you're feeling generous and would love to donate to us because we got to refill these cabinets after the Great Turkey War, and that is at Leveling Up Banks. Thank you to all our patrons who donate to us because you did help us out this holiday, and uh, we're going to appreciate it going into the Great Gingerbread Wars. So, uh, I believe that that's it. Uh, with that being said, we'll see you in December. Stay safe, stay warm, stay positive, and keep that pinky up. We'll see you next time on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Peace. <laughs>